0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode. My name is Daniel. Daniel teaches the psychology student, bringing you his two cents on anything psychology related, psychology, philosophy, motivation, all the good stuff. If you didn't check out the last episode, definitely do that one. I like that one a lot. It was how to help someone going through a tough time. I think it was general, it was simple, but it was effective. It was stuff that you should know. And I think it's stuff that can overall benefit everybody, whether you're someone going through a tough time or you see someone going through a tough time. Today's talk is going to be about Romance and Rejection. Now if I talked about everything that I knew in relation to romance and rejection, this talk would go on for 5 plus hours. So we won't do that for this one. This one is going to be catered towards arguably the largest demographic that watches my videos. And that is the 18 to 25, 26 mark. But some of the things that I talk about can generalize to everybody. I think this is going to be particularly interesting for young women. Check this out. You're a young lady and you have a man who is your very good friend because we live in 2022 and men and women can be good friends, right? All of a sudden, this man who you think of as a brother, who you think of as a friend, confesses his feelings and says, Look, I think about you in a romantic manner. Are you interested in pursuing this further? To which the first reaction that a girl gives is shock. She goes, Oh my God, I can't believe you'd say that. I look at you like a brother. Like, every girl who's listening to this has had this experience at least once, where they were shocked, they were weirded out, and they were almost bummed out, because immediately they go, ah, oh, but I liked having you as a friend. And now, what happens? What happens to, the, to this relationship going forward? One of the first things that happens is, the girl, if she doesn't see him romantically, she'll go, look, I just, I only see you as a friend. Or, I just don't see you in that. And generally, if she's a good person in a polite manner, she tried to articulate her views in a sense that says, look, I still want you in my life. I just don't want you in a romantic way. And I hope that that doesn't hurt your feelings. Now, gentlemen, I've said this once before and I'll say it again. If a woman is not interested in taking things further, they do not owe you an explanation. It doesn't matter why she's not interested. It could be to do with you're not her type. She has a boyfriend. She doesn't want a relationship. It doesn't matter. So from the guy's perspective, he puts himself out there and he gets that answer. Now, naturally, you're going to be bummed out and it puts this guy into a weird position where either he's going to go, okay, look, we can't be romantically close, but if being your friend is the closest I can be to being with you, then I'll be your friend and that's fine. Or you might get the guy who's on the other side who might go, look, it is too painful for me to be near you. Because if I'm your friend and then I hear you talk about other guys or I see you with another guy, that's going to make me feel uncomfortable. And if I was truly your friend and I get upset when there's a smile on your face with you when you're with someone else, what does that say about me as a genuine friend? So please let me go. And as I walk out of your life, don't hold me back. Don't send me messages. Don't call and say, hey, why don't you want to hang out anymore? So the same way where I said, look, the woman doesn't necessarily owe you an explanation to why she doesn't see romantically. I don't think the guy does either. I I don't think he does. And I think it puts men in a weird place because then a woman might go, look, the only reason you wanted to talk to me was for a romantic reason. And now you just want to walk out of my life. It's like sometimes, yeah. You know, and, and it all depends on how you look at it. You know, you might say, wow. He only wanted me romantically. He wasn't a real friend. You might look at it in a bad way. Or like I said earlier, you might go, look, he was honest. He was honest. He spoke about how he felt. And being friends and being close to me just made him feel uncomfortable. Made him feel upset that he couldn't be closer to me. So it was easier for him to back off. And I respected his wishes. And now Thomas is no longer my friend. So it puts everybody in a tricky situation. Because in one sense... It hurts you romantically. Um, It hurts the relationship, right? Because maybe you like Tom. Maybe Tom was a nice guy and you liked having him as a friend. He was funny and he was caring. And you didn't want this to happen. But it did, right? He asked, so he put the girl in a position where she had to either accept it or reject it. And in this case, what happens in a lot of cases, they reject it. And even if he stays in the dynamic, even if they stay friends with the group of friends, it'll change. It won't quite be the same as it was earlier. You know, I talk to my female friends sometimes and I go, look, how many of those guys do you think see you romantically? Like that you would call friends? And they go, oh, they know all of them. Yeah, I consider them all my brothers. I go, really? I say, send them a message right now and say, hey, I've developed feelings for you. Let's go out on a date. If they reply with, oh my God, Sarah, I could never. You're like a sister to me. Why would you even say such a thing? That'd be one answer. But if they reply with, when and where? are they, Ladies, listen, are they really your friend? If you're only looking at them as a friend? If it's only one-sided? You might say, look, I don't look at them romantically. I believe you. But it's the same true for him. Is voluntarily being a friend the same thing as you involuntarily putting someone in the friend zone? I have romantic interests in you. You don't for me. You think that I like you because I'm doing certain things that a normal friend might not. But you make it clear that I'm just a friend, that I'm just a buddy, that I'm just like a brother to you. So you involuntarily put me in the friend zone against my will. And I'm okay with that. Because it means I get to be closer to you and we still get to talk. And I guess it's better than nothing. Am I your friend? I'm only your friend because that's what you allow me to be. You don't allow me to be anything else. And look, you're going to have tons of guys who that's where they want to be. They want to be your friend, which is great. But I promise you, ladies, whether you know it or not, there are guys in your friend zone that aren't there by choice. They're there because you put them there. And maybe they've accepted their fate. Maybe they're playing the long game. I've heard of guys sometimes in months, three months, five or six months, just doing little things to to win her over, bringing her coffee, doing her favors, dropping her off at work, to kind of emerge through this jungle that we call the friend zone. So romance and rejection are inevitably intertwined. Because when you're romantically interested in someone, the next stage is, well, what are you going to do about it? Do you let it fizzle away or do you take a step in that direction? Do you go ask them out? It can even be little things. Forget asking. It could be, do you look their direction? Do you smile at them? Do you attempt to make conversation with them? All of these things need to be taken into consideration. Now, if that person was your friend to begin with, those things get even more complex because how does that change our dynamic and the biggest reason why people don't take that step into that romantic world is look the chance of rejection if i'm asking you to be my friend is lower because the stakes are also lower but the chances of rejection are higher when i'm asking you to be a romantic partner because the stakes are also higher because Generally speaking, from a monogamous point of view, if I'm asking you to be a partner, we're agreeing to different terms here, right? Granted, if it's a monogamous relationship, we're going to be exclusive to one another. But the same doesn't apply with friends. you can be friends with one person, you can be friends with 15 people, you know? The more the merrier, as long as they're good friends. So it puts people in a weird place, then you go, well, look, I have a classmate, and we're not friends. I like her romantically, she sees me every day, she says hi, I say hi, she asks me about her day. What if I pursue her in a romantic manner and she shuts me down? Now, it's going to be awkward from now on. Now Every time I see her, she's going to feel weird because she's like, oh, that's the guy who liked me, so she's going to avoid me, I'm going to like pretend like, like guys do the thing where if they ask a girl out and she says no, they'll like, ignore her on purpose to be like, I don't care, I've moved on, I'm no longer interested. So it really puts everybody in a weird place. So ladies, if you see a guy who you think likes you and you're wondering, why doesn't he ask me out? In his head, almost every single day when he sees you, he's playing the pro and con game. He's weighing the rewards and risks in his mind going, do I ask her out? What if she says no? We have a class together. I'm going to see her every day for the next six months. Oh my God. What if she says no? What if she says yes? What if she says no? And then I got to walk in the next day and I got to walk past her. Like... There are all these thoughts. The same thing if they're a coworker. But there's a huge line when we when we want to cross into that world from whether it be from acquaintance to romantic partner or from friend to romantic partner. And oftentimes you think about the consequences and the difference between people who take action and who don't is simply a matter of weighing the pros and cons. If you believe that the pros outweigh the cons, you will pursue. But if you think the opposite. You won't now I'm oversimplifying the situation but largely that's it i mean that's really how we decide and rejection is tough because oftentimes before we pursue someone romantically we might have like a romanticized version of what it would be like to be with them right we kind of make this this fantasy this image it might even be implicit completely unconscious and then when we pursue and that doesn't happen that image that fantasy that we get created gets crippled and we realize, oh, the only place that will ever exist is my mind. I've held your hand in my mind a thousand times. I've kissed you a thousand times, but that will never manifest itself into real life. And and that's a troubling thought. And particularly for men who are most of the initiators, like they mostly go and like they, they do the talking. It, it's a very troubling thing to really wrap your head around. So for, for ladies listening, you can really understand how in a man's mind, there's a lot of that juggling. You know, Do I risk what we've got going right now for something greater? Now, from the women's end, it's hard in a different way. Because first of all, there's a lot of women that I know who are absolute sweethearts. And they're super kind and super gentle. And they go, Daniel, I feel so terrible telling someone that I'm not interested in them. I I don't like delivering bad news as it is. And if that's a friend of mine who I've known for a long time and they're a good person and I enjoy seeing them at like social functions and I have to look at them in the eyes and go, I'm not interested in you. Like that's tough. Like that's not easy on my end either. And then for girls, rejection is particularly tough because they're not used to getting rejected the way men are used to getting rejected. Right. For men, they always say it's a numbers game. You go to a party, you ask 15 girls out. Three of them will say yes. Let's say four. Let's say you're a good-looking guy. Four of them will say yes. But for a girl, how many guys is she approaching and asking out? Not 15 in one night. Most of them wouldn't do that. So what happens? Well, over time, what we do is we build up tolerance like anything else. And the guy who's gone on asking people that over and over and over again, rejection starts to feel numb. Like, it doesn't hurt as much. The 50th time you get rejected doesn't feel as bad as the first time. But for a girl, because you haven't built up that rejection tolerance, it can be extremely tough. Like, if you're a girl and you think you're, you're good looking and you go up to a guy at a party, you're looking for something casual or maybe serious, and he rejects you flat out, like, that can be very hard to take. Like, I've seen some girls, like, and, like, their minds just can't compute it sometimes, right? Either they go to, oh, my God, I must be terrible. I must be super ugly. I must be a loser. Like, they either kick themselves into the ground I've also seen the opposite, where they immediately make that guy feel bad. What's wrong with you? Oh, you must be gay. That's why you don't like me. Oh, you must be insecure. That's why you don't like me. Because they just can't comprehend that they're not everybody's type. And obviously, I mean, I'm talking about the two extremes right now. Most women fall somewhere in the middle. But generally speaking, though, that tolerance thing is a very real thing. And rejection hurts. Rejection hurts for everybody. You, you ask women, hey, why don't you go up to men? You know, why don't you like to initiate? Most of them will say, dude, anxiety. And I could get rejected. Right? And then guys respond with like, yeah, like we know. That's what we go through. You know, what you study is what we live through. The difference is that when you start at a young age, I'd like to think it gets better. But if you don't practice at all, if you don't put yourself out there at all, it is it is immeasurably, immeasurably unmeasurably it is a lot harder it's unbelievably hard because you you don't know what it feels like and also huge amounts of this type uh, connect back to self-worth connect back to self-esteem they connect back to your attachment style so people who have high self-esteem who go out like let's say you ask three people out and you get rejected you might be more likely to go you know what they're just looking for something really specific i'm not the problem here they're just not interested that was just bad luck but if you have poor self-esteem, you ask people out and they reject you. Where does the blame go? You internalize it. And you go, "Man, I must not be as good-looking as I thought I was. Oh man, I I can't talk to girls. Oh my god, I'm, I'm terrible at this. I'm terrible at that." And you just start beating yourself into the ground. So generally speaking, high self-esteem, something negative happens, we're more likely to blame the external and we're less likely to beat ourselves up over it. So in the beginning of this talk, I said rejection and romance are intertwined and that's absolutely true. When we do romantic gestures, it's usually to win someone over. Romantic gestures are easier when you're already in a relationship with someone because you have somewhat of an idea of how they view you. For example, if you bring a rose to a stranger who, like to like your co-worker one day, that's a risk. But if you bring a rose to your girlfriend of three years, do do you see what I mean? Do you see how that risk is different? So there are a lot of factors that are built into it, from self-esteem, attachment styles, uh, personality traits, not to mention extroversion, right? People who are high on extroversion to no one's surprise are going to be more likely to put themselves out there, are going to be able to uh, talk to more people. What happens when you put yourself out there and you talk to more people? You build better relationships. You get better at talking. And over time, it just becomes more natural. So there are a plethora of things. Oh, and not to mention socialization, right? How are you raised when you're young and like you're in your friend group or even like in a classroom, in kindergarten, grade one, grade two? How often does the teacher emphasize working in groups, working with people of the same sex, of the opposite sex? And then it starts off from being a kid, like rejection doesn't have to be romantically. It could be you got rejected because Sally and Tim didn't want to play with you at recess. And then you get to sit with that feeling and go, well, why didn't they want to play with me? Right? And now it's that same feeling on an advanced level, especially in adolescence, because like at the age of 13, 14, give or take, like the brain just jumps leaps and bounds, especially here, the frontal lobe, which is responsible for rational decision-making. It just it goes to another level. Like when they say puberty hits and like your brain matures at 25, adolescence is really when you start to go into critical thinking and thinking about things from different perspectives and shades of gray instead of black and white. So there are a lot of mechanisms, but from a very, very young age, we understand rejection. We understand that conforming feels good. It doesn't feel good to be left out. It doesn't feel good to have someone reject our advances. Why doesn't Tom want to play with me? So we see signs of this at an extremely young age. But we don't have the processing abilities to, or I don't believe we do, to relate that back in the same way that we do when we're 15, or when we're 20, or when we're 25. So, folks, this has been a quick one today on rejection and romance. What did you think of this talk? What are your thoughts on? romantic relationships on rejection. Ladies, if you're listening to this, have you experienced what I said about a friend reaching out to you in a romantic manner? And gentlemen, if you've been that guy and you had feelings for your romantic friend, what did you do? Did you act on it? And what happened to the relationship? Did it go well? Did it go poorly? Are you still friends with them? Or maybe you still have feelings for someone to this day and you haven't said anything because you wanted to preserve the friendship. So thank you very much for listening. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe and think about it. Enjoy.